Welcome to the Limitless Grit Podcast, where we have conversations with social entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and ordinary people who are achieving extraordinary results. And now, here is your host, Shristi Gajarel. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to this week's episode of the Limitless Grit Podcast. In today's episode, I have Sarah Grizzle. So, I met Sarah in her restaurant and she is someone who has three successful businesses. She has an incredibly successful restaurant, she has a catering business and also she is a life coach. And I was completely mind blown because she was a owner of a restaurant and she was holding bathroom door because her lock in the bathroom was broken with a smile and I was like that is so incredible that she's so successful yet she is so humble. So we started having a conversation and before you know it I invited her to be part of my podcast and I wanted to learn from her. As a 24 year old I wanted to learn from someone who has done it, created businesses, who has an amazing relationship, who is an amazing mom and I wanted to learn from her as to how she does it all and how she's able to balance her work-life balance and she did not disappoint me. So this episode is full of nuggets of gold. She shares her tricks and how she's able to accomplish it all and you know what does it take to have extremely successful business while having an amazing personal life. So I hope Sarah helps you as much as she has helped me and without further ado, Sarah Grizzle everyone. Sarah, welcome to my podcast. Pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. I love you. Of course, love you too. So for my listeners who are not familiar with you and your work, if you want to give us a little background about yourself. Okay, cool. Um, Well, my name is Sarah Grizzle, and I own a restaurant in New York City called Poco. It's really good. Um, Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Um, I also own a catering company called Farm to Tacos. I um, am a mother and a wife, and I have. I'm also now a life coach. Got into uh, life coaching because um, I hired a life coach for my restaurant because I noticed that I was shying away from kind of like tough conversations, and I felt it was now holding my business back. Um, so it wasn't growing the way I wanted it to. Uh, so that year we actually saw 12% growth, which is pretty remarkable in business. And then the other thing it really did for me was I was really on the brink of like ending my marriage. Um, I would have told you that I wanted a divorce and would never love my husband again. And, uh, she gave me my marriage back, which, um, is very, uh, it was very powerful for me. So this is what I, I like to work with people who are like on the fence. Um, they don't know about their relationships. Um, I have a lot of clients also, believe it or not, like engaged couples to kind of preserve the relationship along the way. Wow. So, so what does she do to give your marriage back? You know, it was so simple. She just kept asking me, what am I committed to? And when you know your commitments and I'm committed to my family, I'm committed to my daughter having um, access and a stable home and confidence. And when you know your commitments in life, it makes everything easier. You'll still, you'll still go through those ups and downs and you'll have that lovely roller coaster ride and you'll have your insecurities like we all do. But after the, at the end of the day, you just simply ask yourself, what am I committed to? 
And based on that commitment, what am I willing to do? Wow. So, you know, like I was looking through your LinkedIn and I went to the, your website as well. And you are a yoga teacher. So how did you open a restaurant while being a yoga teacher? <clears throat> so um, I actually, it was in between. So I had owned a restaurant in Midtown. It's still there. It's very successful. But it, um, I had 12 partners. They were all male. And it just wasn't the lifestyle I wanted anymore. Um, and I left. And um, I think what kind of happens for people in the restaurant industry, and I see this a lot, so it doesn't happen for everybody, but the restaurant industry can be very uh, fun, which means like lots of alcohol. Um, some people get into drugs and you're partying all the time mm -hmm. and you get to party with the greatest people on earth, mm -hmm. right? Like you get to go out with celebrities and it's fun, right? And you got, you have a tremendous amount of access to a lot of fun, mm -hmm. but it doesn't equate to like a happy life. And, um, you know, I was working from 11 AM to 2 AM every night and it was so much fun, but it was just really, uh, not fulfilling. I didn't, it was not fulfilling. So I left. And I think that's what kind of happens for people in the restaurant industry. You'll notice a lot of people that are it that, you know, they go right to the complete opposite, which is yoga, right? So you're wow. going from this like party life, <clears throat> networking, networking, making lots of money, using people to make money, you know, and then you go to the complete opposite with which is yoga, spiritual enlightenment. And then but that part of you still exists mm -hmm. like that, that per part of you that likes to party, you know, still exists. So I was definitely missing that part of myself. So it's kind of like Debbie Ford's book, you know, the, the dark side of the light chasers. Like we can't ignore our dark side. It's still a part of us. So mm -hmm. how do we, how do we incorporate it into our life? How do we, how do we infuse mm -hmm. both of them? Like the dark side, the enlightenment and, and create this world mm -hmm. where, um, you know, it's just more fulfilling. So I think yoga was great. I loved it. Um, I definitely missed the um, back and forth, the mm -hmm. customer interaction, the like, like you're up and there. And you're a people's person. You love people and you love meeting people. I love people. Mm -hmm. And I just found myself like I'm, I'm up there mm -hmm. talking and I'm certainly helping, you know, my, my goal was to trans, you know, to help assist that mm -hmm. everyone that goes to yoga is probably there mostly for transformation, right? Mm -hmm. Like 90% of the people. So I was definitely committed to the, to your transformation, but I wanted you to talk back to me. And in yoga, obviously you can't talk back. So when I got the opportunity to open Poco, I, I really felt like it was the right opportunity for me. And I brought my yoga to Poco. So I feel like my restaurant is a, a space where community can is that's our focus like our 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 purpose is community and spread and the spreading of love like we do it by way of boozy brunch and great food and lobster mac and cheese but the purpose is to build community and connection and love and I know you bought yoga to Poco because I met you because the bathroom was broken and you are the owner of the restaurant and you're holding the bathroom door so customers can go inside the bathroom with a smile in your face. And I was like, oh, so you work here? And you're like, no, I'm the owner. And that was so profound to me because you were leading by example and that was beautiful. Uh, thank you. I really had fun, actually. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, And I got to meet you, right? So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's everything I want in life. So. Yeah. 
that was awesome. And also, you you know, in your website, you write happiness is when you, when what you think, what you say, and what you do are in harmony. So, how do you create that harmony every day? Um, such a good question, and you can create that. So what I like to do is work actually with my clients on their life purpose. So if your life purpose is to spread love, so some, like just to say your life purpose is love, just for the sake of an example, every interaction that you have should be from love, from holding the elevator door for someone to when somebody cuts you off on the street, you know, walking down New York City, people slam into you all the time. It's so normal for us. Mm -hmm. And sending it like just being love in that moment. Like, obviously this person didn't mean to hit you. They don't want to hit you any, they don't want to get hit any more than you want to be hit. Mm -hmm. So it's not getting angry in that moment and just being love. like letting somebody go on the subway car before you, letting someone off before you, letting someone sit down. Like every interaction is love with my employees. When I have to have tough conversations with them, I just remind myself and and present myself to love. And then it doesn't matter what you're doing in life. If you, if you really connect to your life purpose and what you want to, how you want to create this world a better place, it doesn't matter if you're washing dishes or the president of the United States, you can, it all is love and it can all, it doesn't matter what you're doing. So it's being more intentional, more intentional, more, um, you know, connected and knowing your own mind and understanding what makes you happy. Like, If you, like I said, if you want to make a million dollars, go make a million dollars. Like, it's not about money, honestly. If if money is your thing, then you go make the money. But if money is not your thing, even if money is your thing, right? But, like... I think for most people, they think money is their thing without really questioning themselves. Like, you know, when you said you had, like, 11 um, partners and you were having fun, but, like it was killing you inside. But I think for so long, you thought that you wanted the success, the fun is what you wanted and took you a long time because you were just attached that feeling of immediate like happiness or immediate fun. Yeah. And when you're also planning parties for like the top CEOs in the country or in New York City, like you're pretty like, you're pretty impressed with yourself, right? Yeah. And you're like, why (laughs) am I even questioning myself? I, I bet. Yeah. And everyone knows you. Like, I mean, you know, everyone knew who I was. And so, yeah, the ego, right? The ego is a, is a lovely, lovely thing and it drives us. And I mean, it can be our best friend and our worst enemy. Was it hard to let go of that business? I was done to be completely honest. I was done. Um, so no, it wasn't hard to let go. I, I was, I was actually done. Oh, wow. So like, you know, you have three businesses and mm-hmm. all three of them are pretty successful. How do you balance your time with your family, with your husband and your daughter while having three businesses? I think um, you need like always have a plan, right? Like uh, think intentionally about your about your goals. And each day, I think you need to be intentional about you know, where you do spend your time. And then at the end of the day, life just takes care of itself. But that's not to say not to be intentional and not to go and not to make a plan. 
But at the end of the day, don't beat yourself up too bad because life takes care of itself. But do you have like a plan or do you have like a morning routine or do you schedule yourself every day? How how do you balance your time? Google Calendar is my best friend. (laughs) (laughs) And I do have every hour scheduled. Um, That includes time for meditation and time for working out. And, you know, I'm very intentional, like uh, from it took me a while, don't get me wrong, but from six until after six o'clock, I'm not available for work. I mean, oh. Poco, yes. Like my rest, my life coaching business ends at six o'clock. I won't probably let people in. Actually, it probably ends earlier, probably ends like at four. Um, I do have sacred time with, you know, my family and stuff like that. Poco kind of exists 24 seven. It is a restaurant. Um, so it, it does exist 24 seven in my life. I think one thing I want you guys to know is that when I built Poco, I worked 16 hours a day, every day. So if anybody, you know, out there is listening to this and wants to open a restaurant and thinks like they can just work four hours a week, maybe you can, I don't know. It had, it was not my experience and I don't foresee it being anybody else's, but I, it did take me, uh, I've had my restaurant for almost 10 years. I do work about four hours a week now on my restaurant And, um, it took a very long time to give that up. I know there are women out there, uh, my age, probably more so who are so looking to let go of some of their businesses, like entrepreneurs uh, and maybe women, I mean, men too, but as an entrepreneur, when you own your own business, it is very hard to let it go. So it took me four years to get to a point where I could even like not work a brunch. Like I was there every single brunch. It took me probably even longer to give up the reservations. Like I had to be the one answering the phone and making the reservations because I knew I was the nicest. And I think your experience starts on the phone when you make the reservation. And if I can make that experience like A plus, I'm already ahead of the curve when you come in. So it took me a very long time to give all that up. So you were like, you wanted to be in control and that was stopping you from like, you know, like having that time with your friends or family because you just knew that you could do it better than everyone else. And it took Mm -hmm. you a long time to let go of that. What made you actually let go of that? Um, I think my husband was like, uh, I didn't, this is, this is not what I signed up for. And then having a baby too, like having a child that she, she doesn't want a mom who's not around, right? Like she didn't sign up for that. So I think those were two very big deciding factors. Are you happy that you let go of that now? Yeah, 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 I am. It brings tears to my eyes, actually. Um, I think one one of the things that brings tears to my eyes is that I'm so proud of myself for giving myself the space to do it. And then when you get to see other people flourish and grow, like my like I said, my purpose is to spread love. And my purpose with Poco is to create community and connection and spread love. But I found like, as I was letting go of Poco, like, my partner gave me this restaurant, right? Like, I didn't have the money to invest in this restaurant, he gave it to me. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm giving back now, like I'm paying it forward, almost like there's these two 25 year olds, I don't even know, they're like, so young, I don't even know really how old they are. But like, they're in their early 20s. And they're running a restaurant. I mean, it's the, it's the opportunity of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And 
to be able to do that for them is, uh, and hopefully be, uh, I'm sure they <laughs> might say something else, but I, I feel like, um, I hope I'm a good mentor to them. And that's what I think young people, like the one thing I, I, I wish I had in my life that I never had was a mentor. And maybe that's why I do it. Maybe because I never had a mentor to like show me the way. Maybe this is why I'm really keen on giving them like a million chances to screw up. <laughs> how, many, um, how many partners do you have now? Uh, just one. The 25-year-old? Well, I have two. Um, no, my partner is uh, is older, um, so we, we call like so. Um, but my other two are are owners. I actually made them owners. But um, so I guess you could say that I have uh, what there's four owners of the business. I guess, but um, they're my partners in the sense that they help drive the business and run the business daily. Wow. The guy who you know invested the money, he is the best partner ever because he doesn't say anything. <laughs> Those are the best partners to have. The ones that don't say anything. Silent partners, everybody. <laughs> you open a business, silent partner. And you can actually create that, by the way. So... Those are like the 12 guys that I was partners with at this other place. I wish we had made them silent. Like you're not allowed to, like, obviously it's wonderful to have input into the environment, but if you're not there running the show, I don't it's think true. you, you don't need to have input into the environment. That's true. That's you can true. be supportive, but the, so anyway, my advice is silent partners. <laughs> So you've run like three businesses and, you know, like I want to start my own business and most of my mm -hmm. listeners want to start their own business as well. What are the do's and what are the don'ts that you have um, learned from your experience? Like, what did you wish you did more of and what did you wish like you didn't do um, while you were establishing your business? Okay, so more of and less of, right? Um, yeah. Well, listen to this. This is the, I, um, one of the things when I was actually first, uh, opening it and I was like just in the building stages I had a taxi driver give me advice actually and he wow. said go out and, and I know right and he said go out and listen to everyone who's ever failed and I got to tell you that's really great advice I think what's made me successful is my commitment to customer service the customer is always right and I will go above and beyond to create uh, their experience for them and what I wish I did even more of of that is I wish I did even more of that for them. Wow. So some of the things where I think I fall short are I let things go. Like um, just for instance, my windows. Okay. So like getting your staff to clean the windows is like getting your kid to go to bed early. Like it's just not going <laughs> to happen. So, and I, and I let it go and I, uh, and I, I resigned in order. So I think, I think there's two things, right? So I resigned in order to create where I wouldn't drive myself nuts. So there's some resigning that I think is powerful and that you need to do in order to like be successful. It's like Apple, they put out the bad product knowing that you're going to tell them all the glitches. I do think there's some of that that you should do. And then I think that there's some resigning that you do that you should just check in with yourself. Like, is this for me or is this for the customer? Right? Like, obviously, you didn't even notice probably my windows are dirty. No. <laughs> but yeah, you didn't notice, right? Yeah. But it's also like intention. If mm -hmm. my intention is like, 
granted, like, I'm still successful even with dirty windows, but it's a slippery slope. And I guess that's what I want you to know. Like, yes, it's a good thing to like kind of be amenable. Don't drive yourself nuts with your business or else like, I mean, you could be so perfectionist that you will just drive yourself insane. So there's that balance, like where, and, and you got to find that balance for you, you know, like Coco's a super casual restaurant. Like obviously like dirt candy is like, you know, God to me and the rest, you know, Amanda Cohen is just amazing. She would never have dirty windows. Right. So I think you have to find that balance for you and what works and don't compare yourself to other people and don't worry about what anybody else is doing. Just worry about, about what you're doing. You know, you're so right. Little things add up. Like, you know, one thing that I'm intentional about is like waking up with the first alarm clock. And there are days mm-hmm. when I let go and I'm like, oh, three, four alarms clock in. And after a while, I realize I've been doing that for two weeks or three weeks. And like my whole days are, you know, like bad because I didn't wake up right away. And, you know, like little things in life or little routine actually adds up. So if people slack on windows, maybe they'll slack on something else and like, you know, it'll just add up and add up and add up and it will just be overall experience that will, you know. It, it leads to bigger things. So you'll see now, now uh, I'm no longer going to have dirty windows. I Today was the first day I told myself, I'm like, we're not having dirty windows anymore. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. <laughs> wow. I am the possibility of clean windows. <laughs> see, even after 10 years, <laughs> you learn and grow it all the time and always be expanding and always be changing and always be willing to just like, uh, always be willing to change and grow and learn. So you already had like two successful business in hospitality industry. What made you want to be a life coach? I think because I really honestly, um, I, I was like basically begging my, my, my coach to let me get a divorce. I'm like, just let me get a divorce. And she just kept on hearing the love underneath all that. And, um, this is when I, I get very emotional about it because I love my husband more than probably the day we met. And I would have never told you that would happen. And above anything else in this world, to me, um, you know, your home life, whether it be your roommates or if you're married or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whatever it is, your home life have to be, has to be your sanctuary. And if that's out of, out of whack, then I don't think you can be successful in your career or it's much harder. Let's say it's a, it's, it's hard to be successful when you're, when your home life is not happy. So whether it's roommates that you're living with or a boyfriend or a girlfriend, you know, just pay attention to where, how, how that limits you. And I don't know that, that, that is why I share it. And also like it changed my relationship with my daughter. And Mm. as, um, I just sat across from her one day and I was, and granted she's six, so it's not really that Mm. tragic, but, um, I was like, I don't know you, like you're six years old and I don't know you. And Mm. it's like, we get so busy and caught up and we think we have to be and do so much to be accepted and good and like the good girl. And, you know, if you make money, you're the good girl. If you own a restaurant, you're a good girl. And you do all these things and you're a good girl, but then those things, if you don't watch out, they're at the expense of this beautiful six-year-old. And I don't want my successes to be at the expense of her. Oh, 
You're an amazing mom, too. Thank you. I'm taking her to Wicked tomorrow. I'm so excited. Oh, uh, that's awesome. But I'm sure it took a long time. I don't think it was like a overnight thing mm-hmm. that your relationship was better. Like, I'm sure it took like months before you started oh, seeing results. Years. I mean, I mean, I mean, I had a co- I bet I've had a coach for I want I'm going to say at least a year and a half. If I think it was probably been a year and a half. Um and uh and listen, I still have the times like sometimes I'm like, "Ugh, why did I stay?" right? Like this is not like you're going to like have this like transformation and this epiphany and like it's never going to get bad again, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's life is a roller coaster ride and it's how we re- how we react to the downs. Like mm-hmm. you're going to like we have this like I think a very insatiable need to be happy. And it's, you're, I think you're chasing like fairy dust. If you, if you're chasing happiness, you're chasing fairy dust. It just, it's just not possible to be happy 24 seven. It's who we are in the moments of deep despair that really count. Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah, that is true. That is true. It's impossible to ha- be happy 24 seven, but I think it's possible to have joy though. If you can find gratitude in, in, in the lesson, if you, you know what I mean? Like if there's, um, I think you can, if you find, can find gratitude in the lesson and have an, and understand that this is for a purpose of something bigger and greater than what you possibly know right now. It, I, yes, I think it's possible to have joy or I don't know, maybe you find joy some other way. How do you find joy in those moments of despair? Um, like you said, like being intentional and realizing that there might be a lesson behind it. I mean, at the moment, you're probably mad about it. But like, Mm. if you sit down and let it be still and, you know, just don't get attached to that feeling, just see it for what it is. I guess that's when you find joy. Mm. Yeah. But it's hard, though. It's it's really hard. I think it's something that that you say to be more intentional. Well, and, and not resist it, right? Like, I think the more we understand that this is just natural and normal, the less we're going to resist it, and it, the less it will actually impact. And it doesn't mean anything about us. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that happiness is a great goal. It's obviously not something that, I mean, we all want to be happy, and and there's ways to live a happier life, 100%, but it's just you're not doing it wrong if you're not happy all the time. I guess that's kind of what I want to get across. But to your point, though, the work, like it took me a very long time to get to the point of loving my husband again. Like first, I think like, like she saved my marriage. Right. And and then I started coaching and then, um, as you're coaching, you go through your own more transformation. Like mm-hmm. we're continuing to go through these because I'm an ontological coach. So it's all about being. Mm-hmm. And the more, the, the better, I, the better, the more transformation you go through, the better coach you are, right? This is like kind of the thought process. So you continue to go through your transformation and the love can, like, I love him more now than I loved him even after, like, I would declare that she saved my marriage. Like, the love has grown even more since then. So to your point, it's, it is hard work, 
it's not easy. And I think a lot of people think like, oh, once you love someone, the love is going to be there 24-7. And I don't think a lot of people realize everything is work. Like, good friendship is work. You know, good relationship is work. Like, some of my best friends are my best friend because, like, I'll text them randomly and be like, hey, I'm thinking about you. If you need me, I'm here. Or, like, you know, just make a point and effort to be there in their life. And that's, you know that's them taking care of me and that's me taking care of them and a lot of time I think we get start to get comfortable in relationships yeah that's right and you take them for granted and I have a lot of clients uh that are like that and that's why I want I really really want (laughs) I want to work with like newlyweds like or recently engaged do you know how many how many of my clients are mad from what happened during their engagement like it's so many years of anger what are they mad about though well I can't share because it's confidential but um I think it's just if you're holding on to something for years that happened years ago even even you know people who aren't married like what are you hanging on to from years ago and just you know really simply you can you can just kiss it up to God or universe or spirit, whoever you believe in and just let it go and just let it go. I mean, it doesn't serve you anymore. Just let it go. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So a lot of my listeners are entrepreneurs and want to be entrepreneurs and most of them are women. And you are someone who has three businesses, who has amazing family now. And, you know, you're very successful in my eyes and someone who I aspire to be and a lot of people aspire to be as well but you know what advice would you want to give to someone who is in their early 20s and is trying to figure their life out and feel stuck like what would you do if you are in their position I say just do it whatever it is that comes to you that you want to do just do it and I would you know just do it like Try a million things. You throw spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks. It's like if you honestly don't know what you want to do and then like you get a feeling, right? Like we all have these feelings like I want to open um, a juice place on North Fork and Kent Street. That's what I want to do, right? Just go do it. Just go do it. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Just go do it. I think, people, uh, you know, I get that some people might be truly stuck and not know what they want to do. So you know, you can take a lot of jobs, try a lot of different things, go work here for a year, go work here for six months, go try this for two months, just try it. Don't sit in your, like, so I, and when you figure out what it is that you want to do, just go do it. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I mean, like, this podcast, it just came with an idea when I had a conversation with a friend and I was able to meet the most incredible people last year and it was just based out of a conversation, you know, and I think, Sometimes I think we are our biggest enemy. We are setting our own limitation. And, you know, like you just have to get over your own fear and your own thinking system. And you know what? Be arrogant. Uh, like, like, what do you mean by be arrogant? Um, I just think just be arrogant and cocky. Like, especially with, women. With some love. Like, yeah, I don't think any woman, I mean, listen, there's, I mean, I, I, there's a negative connotation with the, with the language, right? Arrogant mm-hmm. and cocky, but be arrogant and cocky. How has Just being arrogant out. and cocky helped you? Um, I think I made decisions that if I, I would have never made. I mean, I was like so arrogant and cocky. I'm like, 
who what, what was I thinking like right? in what like, way though you're like the nicest person see I think that's where you see that this is the this is the the problem we have arrogant and cocky as a negative as negative words they can be powerful fierce energetic intentional love so I think it's like you know what you're good at right give permission to believe that you're good at something that's what yeah. most people lack you know I think it's so weird when someone is like you know like I know I'm good at some things but when you have a conversation you automatically be like oh like I'm feeling sick then you get sympathy and no one ever says oh I'm great at this or I'm good at this because it's not normal you are so right like we need to be more arrogant or be you know like appreciate ourselves more or you know come up with a different word if if arrogance is not like the right thing for you but like you know what you're good at just go do it like you you know yeah give yourself permission mhm what advice would you give to your 20 year old self stop being so afraid I would I would tell myself stop being so afraid, stop being so insecure, stop being so stupid. Um <laughs> stop caring what everyone thinks about you. Um uh yeah, things like that. Like it's not that serious, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um something like something something like that, yeah. I was pretty insecure as a and and lost as a twenty year old actually. I was um, probably trying to get it right and didn't have any way to know how I could. I think, and maybe something like trust. Mm. Allow other people to help you. Trust. Ask for help. Um. Yeah, something like that. Wow, that's powerful. It's hard to trust sometimes, though. It will probably be the number one thing you will have to get over for the rest of your life. It's hard, even as an adult. I mean, like, obviously, 20-year-olds are adults. But, like, you think it's going to go away. And I will tell you that high school never ends. Have you heard that? No. Wow. That's yeah. true. It's unfortunate part of the human process. But high school never ends. Wow. What is one failure you are so proud of? Oh, one, I have so many. Um, well, I do believe in the book, fail fast, fail often. I, I think you should 100% fail fast and fail as much as you can. Um, I probably wish I made bigger messes, actually. Um, I think I play it. I, I think I've played it too safe, actually. Um, wow. Um, you know, uh, Poco in some ways is a failure actually. Right. It's, I mean, it's successful. It's a great failure because it's successful, but in some ways it's a failure because I have, um, not asked for clean windows. Right. So in some ways it's a failure. <laughs> uh, I probably do so many stupid things all the time <laughs> that you all would think are failures, but I'm just like, yep, that's <laughs> here we go again. Like I started, I, I made my staff do bingo night at Poco. No one comes. It's a failure, but I'm like, man, it's, it's, it doesn't mean anything to me. Um, 
I don't know. Every time actually that I get a bad review at Poco, I, I'm so happy because it's a, it's a opportunity for connection and mm. those people end up being my best customers. So those are great failures. Wow, I love um, that. Every time you get a bad review, it's an opportunity for connection. That is such a great mindset. And it works every, I mean, so you reach to out be, to them. So any time. bad review people out there that are listening, it's not a manipulation. It's, it is, it is authentic truth for me. But um, what were you going to ask? So you reach out to them, like when you get a bad review? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. It's an opportunity to do better, right? Yeah. And it's an opportunity to learn. Um, I mean, listen, we're human, so not everyone is going to have the most magical experience all the time. Um, I'm, I'm happy that it's like, you know, a small percentage of the people that do come, but it does happen. Um, I do... I mean, I, I feel like those are good failures, you wow. know. Uh, I know you read a lot. Any t- three or four books you would want to recommend to our listeners? Jen Sincero, You're a Badass at Making Money or her first book. I think she's absolutely perfect. Um, I I'm think reading it because you rec- recommended it. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. She's so good. I mean... You know, and like the complete opposite of that. So like Jensen Chero, like I think like this energy, like you get up and you go and da 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 right? And then like the complete opposite of that is Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now. Oh, it will just like keep you soft and centered <laughs> and open to your life purpose and your harmony and what you're doing is one. Like uh, he's, I think, really, really great for that. Um I just read Marianne Williamson's, I actually read it again, um, Return to Love. And I thought there is um, a lot of power power in that as well. Wow. Um, Do you have any morning routine? Oh, listen, but you know what? But in the sense of entrepreneurs, actually, the Mm, E-Myth. I have it. You should, that's a, um, when I was first, when I first opened Poco, I listened to that every single day on my walk. I used to live in Chelsea and I would walk to the East Village and I would listen to it every day, probably honestly for a year. I make my staff read it. Um, I think it's a really good book for entrepreneurs. Awesome. And last question. What is your definition of courage? Oh, my definition of courage. Um, I think courage is, I think the hardest thing we can do in life is be our authentic self and knowing who that is and what makes you happy and being able to find your tribe and let go of the people who don't fit into your world. Um, Some of the people that you're currently allowing in your life are probably not the greatest people for you to be around and having the courage to be yourself around them. And if they decide to stay awesome and if they decide to go even awesomer. So be your authentic self. It it doesn't pay to not. Mm. Love that. Thank you so much, Sarah. It was awesome. Thank you. And just do it. Go open your restaurant. Go open your business. Just do it. Everything else is going to be fine. I promise. Yes, this is exactly what I needed to hear. So I'm super pumped. So thank you. My pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. 
I would really appreciate it if you could subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and leave a comment so I could have more incredible people like Sarah. And I'll talk to you guys next week.